Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now up to, to bat, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm Brett Boone, and today on the program, I'm joined by a former teammate who played in the big leagues for 16 years in the last decade. He's been an analyst at MLB Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Mark DeRosa. Mark, thanks for coming on the program. God. <laughs> yeah, good talk. Oh, man. I don't think people realize, like, when <laughs> I was a little sparky coming up, you came over to the Atlanta Braves. I watched you do, you do your thing, man. I remember you pulling into the players' parking lot. First day of spring training in a... Silver 911 yes, Porsche Turbo. I was like, man, that's my dream car. <laughs> Booney's got it. Let's get it. <laughs> we had Walt D on the program a, a little while ago. We'll get to him at the end. But uh, Walt Weiss, for those of you listening out there, is a mutual friend of Mark and mine. A uh, lot of fun. A lot of, lot of fun. I have some fond memories of that 99 yeah. season. All right, Mark. We got postseason. Who is the one team, not the best team? You know, I think everybody can kind of agree that the 162 Atlanta's kind of kind of made themselves clear they're the best team this year. Uh, Who's the one team you don't want to face right now? You got one? You know, I was going to say Milwaukee, Brett, and then the Brandon Woodruff news kind of has to – not shocked the clubhouse a little bit, but that injury kind of came out of nowhere, and they were kind of set up to kind of go through the Diamondbacks, I felt like, and then kind of take on the Dodgers and really stare the Dodgers in the face with with three big dogs. I look at the Phillies. Obviously, the Phillies got a little bit of a tougher matchup with the Marlins because there's a lot of left-handed arms that could come back, maybe a Harper or Schwarber, so that could be an interesting series. I think the team no one's talking about, and I think it's going to go one way or the other, is the Minnesota Twins. They haven't won a postseason game, I think, in their last 18 tries. They got a nice matchup, in my opinion, against a Blue Jays team that's kind of coming in limping a little bit, losing 6-10. So I think it's a situation where Pablo Lopez is better than people think. Sonny Gray is better than people think. And I think uh, the Twins are going to be an interesting um, team to knock out. No, I agree with you. I, I think there's a few teams, and and as we get through this this program, you know, I'll share a few of my insights. But I, I think you're right. I think there's the obvious teams out there, and then there's the teams that nobody's paying any attention to, and they're actually pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, Brett, did you ever take Al Leiter deep? I didn't. Al Leiter, uh, oh, you're, 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 he just walked in the office. I'm 57 and I got to put my peepers on there, Brett Boone. Let me tell you this Al Leiter, D Row, one of my biggest nemesis is like I see him on the card, especially when I was young. I go, he's going to throw that damn cutter right in that yep. spot. Do I swing? Do I not swing? As a young player, I swung, you know, and, and Al loved when I ripped that first pitch off the tarp down the left field line for strike one. 
Guess what as, I did next pitch? A little further in there, A little buddy. further in there. And then you get older, <laughs> D-Row, as we all do. You get a little – you start to learn a little bit. Second half of my career, I said, you know those cutter ballers that want to keep throwing that one in? It's not a challenge to you to be not, tough. It's yeah. called lay off it and wait for him to leave that one that he meant to get in out over the plate. Nice. It only took it only took me eight or nine years to finally come around. Did you take me deep, Brett? Not, never. Did, Brett. He's I don't dead. think he's, so. in he he's in the book, Brett. Can you believe you? that crap? For you? Oh, I got him big at Chase. Whoa, 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 whoa. Take it easy. Dero, it is funny because lighter, you know how we're all asked as ex-players. You know, you're you're at a function and hey, who are the toughest pitchers in the ever yeah. faced? We all have that question. Hit yeah. pitchers, I'm sure Al has the you know, who's the toughest hitters you ever faced? We all you know have who our- I used to say, Booney, I'm going to go because uh, um, Mark McLemore. I know what you're saying. Everybody wants to say Tony Gwynn or Barry Bonds or right. you know, Mark McGuire. Mark McLemore was my pain in the neck. <laughs> tell tell Lighter one of my biggest nemesis is was other than him was Dave Burba. No Dave chance. Burba. Oh, no chance. Was- Couldn't get a hit. Couldn't get a hit. Big, big old right-hander, high release point. <laughs> Saw it like a beach ball. All right, anyway, back to lighter. Those are my three guys because I always go, here's my go-to now. It's, uh, hey, Booney, who's your, you know, who are the toughest pitchers? You know, Pedro, Randy. No, they were easy to face. But I, I always go, you know, my go-to is this. It's just Maddox Moltz-Glavin. It's pretty simple. Yeah. It's probably, you know, arguably the best threesome in the history of baseball, at least in my lifetime. Uh, but then they go lefties, righties. And it's always Randy Johnson at the toughest, the best I've ever seen. Uh, and and I got to put Glav number two for the greatest lefties I've ever faced. Different, you know, different uh, styles, obviously, than Randy. But Al Leiter's right in my – He's right in there, man. He was tough. The guy, he, he's one of those guys I pick up the USA Today and I'm looking seven days out and I start to get the shakes. I'm like, oh, no, Leiter. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool he dropped by. Tell Al we're going to have him on the program because I, I need to talk to him. I, w- I want the pitcher's side, the pitcher's breakdown. Uh, anyway, I want to talk to you about managing a little bit. You got to do it this year in the spring. Yeah. Uh, with the classic. Um, But as a manager coming into the postseason, you'd rather have the best team, you'd rather have the hottest team. I want the hottest team. Yeah, I, I, I want I want the hottest team. I, I I think we've seen that that story way too many times. The best team doesn't always win. Booney, I say this. I was blessed. I came up with guys like you, man. Ninety eight, ninety nine. That's when I started to kind of get my feet wet in the big leagues. All I knew was division titles in October. That's it. Like I wasn't drafted by a team that didn't go to the postseason. The Braves went every year. So that was always my expectations. And they didn't get that far. And I mean, what, you go to NLCS, you went to the World Series in 99. I think for me, the one year I went into the postseason and felt like, and I don't really know. I don't really know how good this team's going to be. Was the team 2010 San Francisco Giants that ended up winning the whole thing. And we had pitching and got some timely hitting and the ball bounced our way for you know, a couple games and it kind of, you just kind of slowly see it to see it start happening. So yeah, I think it's the team that's, that's the hottest at the time. I really do. 
believe me, it's, you know, I got a chance to, to be on a couple pretty good teams, that 99 Braves team being one of them. And, uh, you know, we went to New York and got steamrolled by the Yankees that year. It just wasn't in the cards. And we're there for the 116. And I was there for the, you know, that 116 Mariner team. I've never been on a, I've never been on a un, more unbelievable ride for a year. It's like we were on a cloud. We won. Do you remember? I wonder if you remember this because I was a young kid that year. We came out there. We played an interleague. The Braves played an interleague series late in the year in Seattle. You guys remember. beat up on us. Freddie Garcia, yeah. all those guys. I just remember that place being like, whoa, oh, this might be the World Series matchup here. Yeah, it was It was that year, Mark. It's nothing. That 99 team. And you you saw that that group and that, uh, you know, that roster. It was very workmanship like. Uh, it was lunch pail. It was come to the yard. It was it was uh, put your card in the slot, punch it, play the game, beat somebody, and go home. It was very much that way for me in Atlanta. The 2001 Mariner team completely different, and it was nothing like I've ever played on. We were really good. I mean, we had MVPs on that team. We had batting champs. We had Gold Glovers. I don't know if it was the greatest team ever assembled. You know, we can say for a regular season we're the greatest team ever, but yeah. now because we didn't win at all, uh, there's always a little bit of a negative connotation. But I got to a point that year, and and I think we all did, and I talk about this all the time, and it's not from an arrogant vein that I come at you because that team wasn't arrogant. It was a veteran team. It was a team that had been there, done that, but it was a pretty humble team overall. But we had won so much that year. I mean, we didn't lose series and we didn't think about, hey, this is a big series. We got to win. It's like, no, we go here and, and we'll win and then we come yeah. home and then we'll win another series. We didn't lose. So we went into that postseason. You know, that was a lot going on that year. It was 9-11. Uh, we broke the record and it felt like, oh, OK, finally, it's oh, no, now we've got the postseason to go. And we went to Cleveland, had a tough series, didn't play that well, but but won like we knew we were going to win. And then. We got on a plane. Oh, we got to go to New York. We got to play the Yankees because that's they're on our way to get to the World Series to collect our trophy. And we went to New York with that mindset. Like, of course, we're going to win. We're the best team. And we didn't. And I remember getting on the getting on the bus after that that loss and just kind of looking at funny that Al Leiter uh, just mentioned Mark McLemore. Because I remember looking at Mac and hooking eyes on the bus and, and the and the, without words, it was kind of like. How did this happen? Did that just happen? Yeah. Or are we dreaming right now, you know? So a year ago when that Dodgers team won 111 games, I know what they were feeling. And they're just sitting at the end of the uh, end of the trail waiting for it, see who their opponent was going to be. They already knew. You know, they probably had it. They, they had it clinched two months before the season ended. And I know that feeling. And you're just waiting around. They get upset by an 89-win ball club in the, in the Padres. But I knew the feeling, and it, and it didn't surprise me because yeah. it happened. To, it happened to us. Yeah, I don't think there's a perfect answer to that. Obviously, like they say, oh, you don't want those four or five days off. I, man, you've earned the right to line your pitching up, get everyone healthy, right? Be in the best position to succeed. I, I would want those days off, um, but it usually, and we've seen it. Time and time again, a wild card team comes in hot, playing a month long September of postseason baseball to stay relevant, and they kind of just waltz their way right through. So, 
But I do believe there wasn't anybody who got aggressively hot to win a wild card spot. It's almost like they kind of beat up on each other and, and teams kind of limped in. Cubs gave collapsed, it. let the Diamondbacks kind of waltz in. The you know two AL West teams beat each other up and kind of let Toronto get in. So I, I think there's some some wild card teams that are in for some some tough series here. I looked at Texas down the stretch. Yeah, uh, they were impressive all year. Boach takes over that club and played so well. And then they hit a they hit a rough spot and they lost eight or nine in a row. And and but then they got it going again. I go into the last ten days of the season. I'm paying a little more close attention because the Mariners were involved. So the Mariners had ten games to go and seven with Texas, who Texas beat them up pretty good all year. Well, Mariners ended up losing. I think six of ten. Uh, they get swept by Texas to put them in a must-win situation at the end. Then Texas loses three out of four to the Mariners, and Houston sneaks in the back door, wins the division. That's a pretty, <laughs> that's a pretty big swing as a player. You go from I got to buy to I got to get on a plane and go play Tampa Bay now. Yeah, I, following the AL West, listen, Texas wasn't going to run that good all year. They, they were running hot. Right. I mean, everything clicking perfect for them. Then their pitching kind of gets a little nicked up. Their bullpen goes down the tubes for a minute there, where Boach really coming out of the bull, uh, coming out of the dugout every night. You could tell he didn't know if he didn't get length out of his starter. He was like, "How do I piece this together for twenty seven outs?" And they kind of revitalized themselves. Jordan Montgomery's been ridiculously good for yeah. them. And he wasn't even the, you know, it was Max Scherzer who was coming in. Right. Oh, by the way, last minute we picked up Jordan Montgomery. He's getting game one for them. So that's interesting. Seattle, to me, they should be disappointed. That, yeah. that That's a good enough roster and a good enough team and one of the best pitching staffs in baseball. Bullpen's certainly capable. They should be disappointed that they're they're not playing in October. They're one of the two teams, them, maybe the Padres, that really has to look themselves in a the mirror and say they let a golden opportunity slip away um, for this season. Because there's a team right there that could get on a run with their pitching staff and, and, and really make some, make some noise in the postseason. You've been to the postseason a lot. People get sick of me explaining it on, on the Boone podcast. So tell tell everybody out there – what those players are about to go through, guys that are doing it for the first time. Yeah. I always I always felt like this is, you know, when he played wiffle ball in the street as a kid, these were the moments that, like, really resonated with me. So I always felt like you could take a guy from, let's say, the minor leagues and bring him up for a game in June in Pittsburgh, day game, wherever. Cincinnati, doesn't matter. And he'd kind of, like, be able to – not stick out like a sore thumb. You get into October, this is where like I always I always felt you could see it in in teammates' eyes whether they truly wanted the moment or they really were okay not having the moment in that situation. I always felt like October separated everyone. Over the course of 162, the most talented players are the most talented players. Brett Boone's going to get his Right. He's going to when the dust settles. But in October, in an 11 game sprint, I could be the hero tonight. And I always felt like this is this was an opportunity for me to 
show mental toughness, show my team that I wasn't afraid of the big moment and realize that the pitchers were so hyper-focused on the Brett Boons of the world not beating them that they might miss to me in that seven hole. They might spin something in the middle. So I wanted to be like super aggressive, want the moment, not be afraid of it. I I I ate it up, and I've had great games, and man, I had some bad ones too. I had some moments I'd like to forget. Yeah, postseason, it's it is, it's, it's different, best. it's different. Old Yankee Stadium, that that ninety nine C, and I had a bunch of heartbreaks in, in Old Yankee Stadium in the postseason. One of them being the World Series in ninety nine, another oh one, but a lot of heartbreaks. But I remember. But you talk the- about man in the arena. Put yourself Ooh. back there, right? Like, there's nowhere yeah. to hide. You either want that yep, or you're not it. I remember game, I, I think it was game three in New York. I went out to the line before the game, and I'm stretching. Old Yankee Stadium played there 20 times, but it was different tonight. It was yeah. my first <laughs> World Series game, and I could close my eyes, Mark. And you, I knew where I was. I said, "This ain't, this ain't, this ain't the local corner pub that I'm performing <laughs> at tonight. This is, this, is, this is the Taj Mahal, baby." <laughs> and 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 it wasn't, it wasn't a scary feeling. It was a, I can't explain it to people. It's like it was an unbelievable feeling. I had to run back in the clubhouse and kind of shake myself. Be all right, let's yeah, get ready. True. You know, and it wasn't nervousness, but it was just that it almost butterfly, almost like opening day. Just get me through my first day B and I'll be fine. But yeah. there's always that anticipation. It it's a cool feeling is what it is. It's not it's not a bad feeling. It's just a, it's different and it and it's tough to explain to people. All right. Who you got? Crystal ball. Just I'm gonna make it easy. National yeah. League National League pennant. American League pennant for Mark DeRosa. Yeah, I think for me, the Atlanta Braves have been the best team in baseball from start to finish. Do I think they have a few warts that teams could expose? Max Fried's limping in with a blister, but I think he's going to be fine. Spencer Strider's nasty. Their bullpen leaves a little to be desired, but I don't think enough that I'm going to worry. The offense is going to bang. They rake. They're good. So I think they go. And then I'm, I think the American League's wide open. I think any one of these teams could, could jockey and get in there. That being said, over the course of 162, the ball has seemed to bounce Baltimore Orioles' way. They're super talented. Their starters are better than people think. I worry about the not having Felix Bautista, but they got kind of got an easy road. They got a nice buy here. They're going to take on either – a Tampa team that's depleted with injury or a Texas team that doesn't really have a rotation set in stone and a bullpen that's wavering. I think the Orioles can find themselves in the, in the world series. Braves Orioles. Braves Orioles. Who you got? Throw a dart. Well, I want to sleep in my own bed during when I, we call these things. So I'm, I'm going with the Bravos. <laughs> <laughs> it's a safe, it's a safe pick. Uh, we mentioned Walt Weiss. Yeah. One of my favorites of all time. I know one of your favorites too. Do you remember do you remember the list we had? Yep. 
Do you remember the overrated list? For those of you watching or listening to the Boom Podcast right now, and Mark was a part of this, we had a list in, in 1999. I broke it out, and, and me and Weiss started it, but it was an overrated list. I think I mentioned it before on the show. And it could be from anything you wanted, but you had to come and you got to you had to kind of present to the group. And we had to agree if it was ink worthy. And yeah. Walt would always tell me if somebody came up with a good bony ink it. Ink <laughs> and it. I'd write it down. Two of my favorites were uh, uh, the totem pole. <laughs> I don't know what it's for. D-Row, I don't know what it's for still to this day. Uh, uh, sorry if I offended anybody out there. And then we got one of my all-time favorites, very subtle. But my all-time favorites is I know the, bo- it's the boomerang. I throw it. That sucker never comes back. I mean, it, it's like you're supposed to throw it and you just hold your hand up and it comes. It never comes back. You always got to chase it over there. Those are my two favorites. You got a favorite. And then I'm going to ask you one recently. What's overrated? I, I think I got one that you're going to like. All right. The you one gotta, I remember, the one yeah. I remember being ink, inked because some because you remember, you remember when uh, now it's different. These guys get to dress a little bit different on the road. We were like suited and booted. Suited every time. The bow tie. Don't <laughs> try and go for like what? It's an overrated look. Unless an you're in a box, get the bow tie out of here. And, and an example, it's like, you know what I got overrated right now? Taylor Swift on the plane with oh. the Kansas City. Get off the plane. This ain't the oh. Taylor Shift show, or Taylor Swift. <laughs> sorry, great yeah. artist, I guess. Kids love her. Whatever. Get off the plane. Get out of the. Get off the camera. <laughs> Tired I'm, of it. I'm Overrated. with you. I'm with you. <laughs> Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.